sound is always off. Mine is not. And so I, in the last episode, there was a bird chirping. And then my tw- I got a text and I went. <laughs> I didn't do any research for today. I didn't figure I had to. Oh, no, no. I think today we just riffed. 57 minutes of me laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and me laughing and dancing in my seat. Yeah, I'm just, you know, more relieved than anything. Mm-hmm. Welcome, everybody, to Season 1, Episode 6 of the Strongly Worded Podcast. I am Sue O'Lear. And I'm Johnny Hampton. And we are here in our lovely dining room studio on Sunday... November 8th, the day after the election was finally called. Johnny's trying really hard not to <laughs> laugh out loud. But we have been smiling and laughing and celebrating together for the last 24 hours, pretty much. Yes, we wanted Biden to win. I realize we kept that under <laughs> our hats a little. But before we get started with that, I do just want to say, listen, I hope that there are listeners that disagree with us that are listening. I hope that we're not all... Uh, coming from the same place or with the same experience or all the same views because then we're, you know, we're just, what, we're in the echo chamber then and that's not what we want. And I don't want to alienate anybody that might feel different than we do, but you know what, we're going to take this episode and we're going to celebrate a little bit and we're going to talk about some stuff and uh, that's what we're going to do. And I hope that even if the election didn't go the way you want it, you'll stick around, you'll still, I'm sure, learn something or take something away from this if you decide you want to. Yes. This episode is going to be 57 minutes of me laughing. <laughs> no, no. I'm just kidding. No, we're going to we're going to talk about, you know, I want to talk about the election night. Mhm. Um the days after. Yeah. How we felt when it was called, which all those things. And and I and I agree with you. I hope there's people out there. I have a lot of friends who aren't happy today. Uh, and and they are friends. Um, I don't cast dispersions on every person who voted for Trump. I don't do that. Um, so I hope you guys uh, listen to why we're happy, and it connects with you, and you listen in the future. And maybe you'll find something to be happy about, too. Hopefully. Hopefully you're not, <laughs> you're not out there protesting. Because we have to accept the results. And if you don't like it. And if you don't like the results, you know, this is America. No, not. <laughs> no, we're not like that at all. <laughs> all right, so let's start with this. Uh, we were both election day voters. We did not vote early. We did not vote by mail. We did not vote twice. Yes, and, and we live in a, a pretty small city in northern Florida. And usually, I've been here 15 years now. And I vote in every election, primaries, everything. Usually I walk in, I walk out. Mm-hmm. This time, it was an hour wait. So the turnout was very high, even in our small little city. Yep. Um, which made me happy. It was, it, it was good to see. It doesn't matter, when it comes to that kind of thing, it doesn't matter who you're voting for. Um, we, all races, backgrounds, we've done... Historically, we died for the right to vote, for representation. So you need to use that whenever you can, no matter who you're voting for. So that made me happy. I uh, talked with several folks that I work with or that, you know, I correspond with on the daily. And really the majority of the people I come in contact with every day were also election day voters. A few that were early in person. Um, in my circle or in my family, I don't think anybody that I know voted by mail that revealed that to me. Um, I work with a lot of conservatives, so the belief was don't vote, vote by mail. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we were all, I, my precinct the same way. It was the first time I'd ever stood in line. Now, yeah, my mom voted early. Yeah, I just, I just like the ceremony of going on the day. I don't know why I've always been like that. I always looked forward to voting. So when I became 18, I, w- I went. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like to go that day. 
So, it, you know, it was election day was, uh, like I said, an hour wait. They had four tables. Four. See, they have a small little polling station where I'm at. Four is usually enough, but I don't know how you didn't know. I think my polling station in that itty-bitty church had more than that. I think we were going in like eight or ten at a time. We had four. Wow. Four. We all and we were all. You know, it's funny because um, there's a coach in the league. He was there. I saw him there, and um, I'm pretty sure he voted for Trump. He's a good guy though. And we were talking about it afterwards. And I told him when I came out because I saw him when I came. Out, I was like, "There's only four things in there." And he was like, "I couldn't believe it. I thought." He was like, "I thought maybe you had missed one." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, there's only four because he it was him and his wife." It's like, "Yeah," and they said it took them an hour and a half. Oh, my goodness. It didn't take us quite that long, but Joe ended up having Tuesday off. And where I work, my office is a polling location. Oh, okay. So I worked from home that day um, because I couldn't be in my office. I took the day off because I knew. Because, like I said, usually I go in and out. So I go and vote before I go to work. Mm -hmm. But I knew that wasn't going to happen this year, so I took the day off too. And every time, every time I, I... you know, stay close to the news like something's going to happen before 7 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> every time I do it anyway. Yeah. At one point, Joe was like, but you're not saying anything new, honey. Why Why are we glued to this? I don't know. It's what I do. Yeah. Election time, I watch a lot of news. Mm-hmm. A lot. Which, by the way, ladies and gentlemen of the world, <laughs> now that we're not watching the 24-hour news cycle... To see who wins. You could go back to downloading our podcast <laughs> and catching up. Yes. We have we have we have a bunch of episodes. I know, and I feel like uh attention shifted for a moment. So if you want to go back to us, that's great. We would appreciate it. <laughs> but yeah, I do the same thing. I go home, I vote. Then I, I usually get some breakfast. So I did that. And then I go home and I watch them right. re- reporting on people voting. The reporting on nothing. <laughs> no precincts of Come in. No poles have closed. Nothing. But we watch. And I flip between all the channels. The local channels. Yeah. Cable news. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. It annoys the hell out of my wife. Yes, my husband too. (laughs) It does. And then Johnny and I talked a little bit. We corresponded a little bit, thinking about doing some tweeting, which I bailed on early. I was having a rough time Tuesday night. You know, you know, we ended up not tweeting a lot because we just got so caught up in the results. Right. And I remember that, that night, Sue was down. She, she thought Trump was getting another four years. I, I, was, I, never, I had taken the position that he was likely to win. Remember, we talked about it. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen, but incumbents usually get a second term. Mm-hmm. Now, I had done no research. <laughs> You're not the one who does the research. I'm not. Then. I'm not the researcher. I'm the cool <laughs> urban. <laughs> so. He's the cool urban. One. I did not do any research. The brainy but I, <laughs> I just knew that normally happened. Now, we now find out that it's really, really rare, extremely rare that an incumbent loses. Mm-hmm. But that night. You know, at first I was like, well, it's not looking good. But I remember the last thing I said to Sue before we stopped corresponding. I was like, well, they're still counting votes in Pennsylvania. Yes, that's what you said. And so then, you know, Sue, you know, wasn't active. She went to sleep, I think. She was I like, she was, she's like, yeah, I'm out of here. Yep. I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to see this guy one another four years. Mm-hmm. I stayed up a little while and listened to what these guys like Steve Kornacki and John King were saying, and I'm a numbers guy. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to bed that night, I remember the next morning telling my wife, cause she, she doesn't watch, she went to sleep. She works long hours, she's like, yo, screw this. Let me know what's going on in the morning. And I said to her, Biden's down that, the next morning, but he still has a path to win. This is just from me watching the news. Mm-hmm. And what they basically were talking about were the mail-in votes, that had not been counted in some of the states because Republicans went to court and asked them to count those votes last, basically. And where these votes were coming from were Democratic strongholds. And even 
the Republican districts, the Democrats in those districts voted by mail. So right away, John King, Steve Kornacki, were saying, Joe Biden could, could erase some of these deficits. Now, at the time, he was down half a million votes in Pennsylvania. But when they started talking about the votes, and you know they got all the fancy stuff, which I love, it's like, okay, 2016, there were two million votes here. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. He has a great chance to win Pennsylvania. So I, I got up that next morning kind of optimistic that he would win. Now, the flip side of that is I'm the one that's usually the optimist. <laughs> True. You even said it to me that yeah. night. You said mm. that's one of the things that I like yeah. to value the most is how hopeful you are. But Tuesday night, I wanted, I wanted the American people to have stood up and made it so plain that we felt this administration was so horrible. I wanted to see the landslide that night. I wanted the moral victory on Tuesday night. And, and, and the funny thing about that is, you know, even though these, these, this count took so long, we got that. Well, that's, you're finishing my story for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, yeah, we did. So Tuesday night, that's what I wanted. I wanted the moral victory. Wednesday morning, I woke up and you sent me that tweet. Yes. The quote mm -hmm. that said, if what you want basically is the moral victory, yeah, you're bummed out. But if what you want is to see Biden elected, there's still hope. Or it's not that bleak. Yes. It's mm -hmm. not that bleak. Yeah, because at that point, all the numbers people were like, even though Trump was ahead at that time, because I don't even think they had given Biden Arizona or anything, mm -hmm. they said they would rather be Biden than Trump. Mm -hmm. And that made me happy. And it took me the whole day to decide I would be happy with just the political win. <laughs> right, the whole day I was I was coming to terms with some things I think and then the week kind of goes on and the counts roll in and spoiler alert we got our landslide we got our moral victory we did we got our moral victory I mean the most votes by any president in history mm -hmm. he's up right now in a popular vote by about 7 million with still more votes to be counted um, I think what he's at what two ninety something because mm -hmm. they didn't they didn't count Georgia yet. So he, why are they still counting Alaska? What's going I, on up there? I, don't, I have no idea. I don't. Stacey Piliakis, if you are listening, tell <laughs> me she lives up there. Tell me what the deal is in Alaska. I just it. I just don't think they were prepared for all these votes. Is that what it is? Yeah, and a lot are of they counting them like this. <laughs> I'm licking my finger and doing it like <laughs> I won. <laughs> That's like a, how my father and grandfather used to count their cash. <laughs> um, I, you know, a lot of the, everyone was getting upset that the votes were taking so long. But these poll workers, most of the time, are like retirees mm -hmm. who are getting paid minimum wage. They're donating their time. I don't, you know, take your time. Count the votes. Who wins, who wins. Who loses, loses. But, um, yeah, I kind of I kind of agree with you to the point where it would have been nice Tuesday night to have this all over with and him get a, a smackdown. Um, these four years, for me, I, uh, it's, been, it's been a challenging time. You know, I'm a person of character, also a black man, so him being in office was tough. Yeah. A lot of things I was able to stomach-ish until Kavanaugh happened. Mm. Um, it really started to, ch I should back, really uh, Betsy DeVos happened. And I was like, oh, this can, we got to get rid of this guy. But when Kavanaugh happened, that was extremely triggering for me on a lot of different levels. And, and his presidency became less something that annoyed and frustrated me and more something that became weighty. That's a good way to put it because it has been weighty. And, you know, from, to be honest, you know, they talk about policies. You know, I can understand what he's saying about trade and I can understand some of the things that he was saying. 
But I can't understand the rhetoric. I can't understand you nominating Kavanaugh and then you hear about sec- an alleged sexual assault and you stick with him like there's not a billion other candidates. Right. How was he the only, how was he the best we had? How did we not have someone equally? I, I mean, I don't like Amy Coney Barrett's policy or philosophy, but she didn't have this controversy about her. The controversy wasn't really even about her. It was about the ramming through of her candidacy. Exactly. You know, they wanted him because politically they thought he would help them if they ever brought something to the court. So, you know, for me, from from day one, I knew he was going to be awful. Um, I knew that him being in office would empower people to be ignorant. None of that surprised me. And what what has surprised me, I don't want to say surprised, what he did do something good for me the last four years as a black man. You have a lot of friends and you never think they would be racist or hang out with racists. And the last four years showed you how people are not sympathetic or empathetic to what you have to go through in America as a black man or a woman. And it helps you manage your friendships. Because even last night, I was telling you before we started recording, I work with a guy, I work, I used to work with a guy, he was a GM at one of our restaurants. And I posted something, I don't know, I forget what the post even was. It was maybe something like, you know, if you were one of the people who told Hillary just to get over it, you know, you got to get over it. I mean, it was something to that effect. And he told me he voted for Trump because he didn't want a lockdown. And he's in a restaurant. And if they close the restaurant, he's not going to make money, blah, 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 blah. And I understood that. And I asked him, well, what about the racism? You okay with that? And then he said, he goes, oh, you know, of course not. But kids get kidnapped too. And as soon as I read that, I knew I would be deleting him, but I wanted to give him a chance to come back from it. <laughs> like, as soon as he said that, like, I knew he don't, he don't care about the racism. I don't even know what, what is. So I asked him, is there anyone who kidnapped kids running for president? Because there's a racist running for president, which is why I'm asking you about that. It took him too long to answer me. And now he'll never get that chance (laughs) because now and and that's what it's been like the last four years, seeing people that you thought cared about you talking about things that affect you in a negative way because he empowered them to do so. And he normalized that. So there are Republicans I voted for in the past, even though I tend I don't tend to be even though I am very strongly pro-choice mm-hmm. because 10, 15 years ago, I could say two things. Nobody's going to overturn Roe versus Wade. And that wasn't the most meaningful issue to me at the time. A white woman married, double income. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's probably, and maybe it comes out of empathy or a change in who I spend my time with or who I consider I don't know what's happened but now every issue is my issue like there wasn't an issue that I could just say well that one doesn't really affect me the way this one does there or I used to be able oh this is funny I think a lot of people in like me used to be able to say this and oh well that's a social issue I have to vote about you know the economy or whatever you know Social issues aren't important enough to be the driving force for my vote. I think that still exists. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely how people rationalize that. Yeah, but you know, but here's the thing. When you rationalize it like that and you say, well, you know, I know there's racial injustice, but I can't really be bothered with that. Mm-hmm. And then I can't be bothered with you. Right. And that's where I am. So, you know, and like I said, I, I have friends that are Trump supporters who answer my tough questions. You got to answer them. You can't run from them. You got to answer them. now. And then I'll deem if your answer is worthy of me or not. That's where I'm at with that. 
You know, I don't automatically just say, oh, I'm going to cut you. No, I'm not going to do that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question about because it affects me and it makes me feel a certain way when I see something. And if I'm your friend, I should be able to challenge you like that. And that answer that you give me is going to decide how I move forward. But I don't want to get off too much of a tangent <laughs> tonight. Like that's, that's not really election oriented. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, as the votes came in, it took a toll on me because I was like, I'm, I'm ready for this thing to be over. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the process, that's the democratic process. Mm-hmm. And it may sound totally corny. I'm okay with that. I'm a white woman from the Midwest. <laughs> uh, but having Joe Biden come out on more than one occasion and say, be patient, allowed me to be patient. And, and that's leadership, right? So, mm-hmm. and that's what we've been talking about the last four years. So when we had a pandemic, we had a president who told you everything was going to be okay. All right, cool. So then you got people still going out with no masks, going out to restaurants and parties and getting sick because he didn't have the leadership. Even this is a, a classic case, just the election. One guy is saying stop counting the votes, which I don't even understand. How do you support a person who doesn't want all votes counted? Because he didn't say stop counting the votes. He said don't count the illegal votes. Nah, he, he had tweets that said, stop the count. Well, yeah, I mean, yes, but that's what he meant. Like, that's what his, his supporters are saying. Oh, of course we should count all the votes, all of the legal votes. <laughs> so you got one guy doing that, mm-hmm. and then you got one guy saying, be patient. be patient. That is the difference in leadership. And, you know, for me, this election was about character. And... Um, and about, you know, a whole lot of other things, but character being number one. Like, I can't deal with the BS anymore. I just can't, I can't watch this guy anymore. I can't do it. So I'm going to sleep so well now um, because Trump is out of office. And I'm sorry if that offends people. I don't, I don't mean to, but it was a weight on our shoulders. It's like, you know, get, what is that saying? Get the monkey off your back? He was the monkey. He was like an 800-pound gorilla on your back. Yeah. And I don't know how Trump supporters feel because it's tough when you lose anything. Mm-hmm. But there has to be, I mean, what do you think when you turn on the TV and there's people all over the world celebrating that this guy is out? They're partying in the streets in other countries. Why do you think that is? Right. It's, I think, one of my favorite memes of this morning <laughs> was try to be the kind of person where people don't party in the streets when you lose your job. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you not understand it? Right. And, you know, I see all these people posting about how the election is illegal and they found all these votes. They've been gaslit. Um, like I said earlier, they went to court and in certain states. Certain states had the rules where they could not count mail-in votes until election day. So that made it look like, and there's a clip actually of Bernie Sanders telling you on The Tonight Show a week and a half before the election what was going to happen. So basically, it made it look like Trump was going to win that night. Mm-hmm. And people fell for it. The red mirage. Yeah, they fell for it. I fell for it. I mean, it's understandable to a certain extent, but once you have information in front of you that shows you what happened, you should be able to accept that if you can't, something is wrong. But none of the support he the frenzy he whipped up mm-hmm. is based on rational thought. He's not teaching, he's not leading his supporters to think through issues like that. None of it is based on rational thought. He, here's the thing. It's a frenzy. It's a cult. You're not supposed to think for yourself. I can't blame him for you doing something stupid, though. You know, like, you can and you can't. So, like, if he says something and he ramps up a rhetoric and a guy goes and shoots somebody, he may be partly responsible. But that guy 
already is broken. But there's a flip side to that that we just agreed to. Mm-hmm. When we talked about Biden saying, be patient, and we were all like, okay, we'll be patient. That's the leadership. Yes, but either you got a rational mind or you don't. And that's what I'm saying. He doesn't speak to the rational mind of the people who follow him. So you're telling me 60 something million people are irrational in the United States? Um, you, what other president have we had where people are putting trucks in the, or flags in the back of the trucks <laughs> and having, you know. <laughs> Shout out to the boat parties. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's not. A lot of people got flags they don't know what to do with now. He, he, he was a celebrity before that. He, you know, that's what it's like. It's, a, it's just a, a culty frenzy. I'm sure. I, I don't really find Trump to be a Republican at all. It, it stopped being about Republican policy and thought when they nominated him. Right, because back in my day, <laughs> and I'm not even that old, so... And I was going to say, aren't we in our day? Right <laughs> now? Isn't this it? I mean, I, I remember in my 20s, the, Re- the Republican Party was about conservatism, mm-hmm. small, government. Uh, small government, managing the debt, family values, wasn't that the whole big thing? And then you got a guy who comes in, explodes the debt, been married three three times, times, all these lawsuits for raping women, and that's your nominee. (laughs) And and now begins the rest of my laughing time. No. Um, And now you nominate this guy, and you sit with Republicans, and you say, oh, how? And I think ultimately that they didn't care about any of that stuff. They just wanted the Senate. They wanted the Congress. They wanted, And that's, that's a bad, bad place to be in when you don't care about others. So then I wake up Saturday morning. We have basketball all day Saturday, right? It's the first game was at 11 in the morning. But I got up early. I fixed my coffee. I sat down. Joe and I flipped on the news. And we, for a second, landed on MSNBC. And we look, and I said, this is Saturday, right? That's Joe Scarborough. What's he doing here on a Saturday? Oh, they knew. And, and, and he wasn't in his blue sweater. He was in his coat and tie. And I posted on Facebook, you know, today's probably going to be, I mean, it's got to be the day. Yeah. Because all the weekday guys are back. <laughs> they had the heavy hitters. Coach, yeah, the heavy hitters are out and they're all dressed up. <laughs> Jake, Jake Tapper in his three-piece suit right. on CNN. <laughs> exactly. So we get to the gym, we're setting up, we're doing whatever, and I think, well, I, I can't sit here and stare at my phone. So I texted my friend Beth, um, who left a lot of social media. She left Facebook um, during all of this. It was just too much. Mm. Right? But I texted her. And I said, listen, if something happens, will you text me? Because I'm in the gym today. And I have to know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I, I um, on, on gym Saturdays, like I'm kind of a different person almost, I think, sometimes. I'm so locked in mm-hmm. to the games and when I'm coaching. Um, I didn't even realize, you know, I was sitting at the table doing a, the clock and the scoreboard for the game. Um, not even realizing they were going to call the election. And then my phone goes, <laughs> and I look down and it says Beth. <laughs> were, were you excited? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had about ten minutes left until halftime for that game, I think, right? Yeah. Right, and so I did. I opened it, and you and Joe and I were sitting there, and I said they called it. Yeah, and Joe and Joe told me, and I was like, yes. And one of the best things, what I'm going to always remember from this election cycle. Um, so Sue, you know, she has that golden voice. You can hear it on the podcast. <laughs> she does all of the announcing for our games in our local league. So, you know, when it's halftime, she gets the crowd going. You know, she tells them, put your masks on. And <laughs> who are you cheering for? And all that stuff. Well, at halftime of this... She let everyone know what happened with the election. And I was a little nervous about it because I wanted, again, like we started this episode. I Mm. didn't want the Trumpers in the crowd to be, I didn't want any fuss. I wanted it to be focused on the excitement that a decision had been reached. Right. So then I went, nah, 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 nah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wait a minute. She didn't didn't want the Trumpers 
to feel any kind of way as she announced the results in her Biden-Harris shirt. Yeah, so one time <laughs> I wore that to the gym. I said that morning because... If Joe Scarborough put on his coat and tie, I put on my Converse and my Biden Harris shirt and my pearls. And I wore them to Carver in Manel proudly. And do you know how many compliments I got on that shirt? <laughs> so, so after she announced the election, um, I don't know what I was doing. Um, but I was, I was in the crowd and there was an elderly black woman. You know, she had one of those chairs that's a walker and turns into a chair. You're not using it as a walker. And she grabbed me and she said, excuse me. I said, yeah. She said, what did she say about the election? And she said, and I said, oh, she said Biden won. She's like, really? And we celebrated. Like, I mean, we were dancing. And it's just people were so tired of the heaviness. Yeah. And it did. It changed the energy in the gym. I was relieved when I heard cheers go up. Mm. You just don't know how something like that's going to go over. Yeah, I mean. But I was, I was, I was relieved when I, and I, there were a few women in the front row that were watching me like, like I was getting ready to announce the winning lottery ticket. <laughs> yeah, a lot, you know, I think we were all heavily invested in this election on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what I found interesting? Uh, people saying, oh, there's going to be a civil war. If, like, a civil war? Because we're changing presidents? Like, I don't even understand what's going on with that. I always took a lot of that to mean we would have a civil war if we didn't change presidents. <sighs> and not that I'm saying we would or I believed it, that we would, but I, that's just how I took some of that comment to mean. So I don't know, like, Dave Chappelle was on SNL last yes, night. Yes, he was. And during his monologue, he talked about something he called the N-word lessons. <laughs> Like, I'm not going to say the word. I promised my grandfather I would not. But I, I know what he means by that. Because when you're a black person, you're used to not getting your way in elections. It happens all the time. I bet you if you ask most, especially most young black people, they didn't want Joe Biden as the nominee. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the one they were looking for. So all of a sudden now... In my mind, you know, so if, if a white person doesn't get who they want for president, we're going to have a civil war? Nah, you got to learn some of those lessons. Mm-hmm. Get through it. Yep. Because we've been getting through it. Yep. You can get through it. It's a, to me, a president usually is just a figurehead. Now, what we've learned now with Trump is that it means a little bit more because you can't have someone with who I think is a moral, has a moral deficit leading the country. It makes us look bad. Just look around the world. You can tell, I don't even, they weren't this happy when we got the first black president. <laughs> you know, no one celebrated when John McCain lost or, or when uh, the first George Bush lost. Nobody, nobody, nobody was out in the street celebrating. Like, I, that's what I want to hear from, like, I wish... I want to know why Trump supporters think that is, if he's such a great guy. I don't think they care. Man. I don't think they care. Today, yesterday and today, since, well, really, I guess since last night when we got to see, finally hear from Kamala this week mm. in a. <laughs> oh, Lord. America <laughs> and Czechoslovakia and Italy. <laughs> <laughs> Sue is getting choked up thinking about Kamala Harris's speech. Beautiful speech. Yes. It has, you know, it's amazing to me as a black man how my grandfather and my father dealt with segregation. And I have been lucky enough to see the first black president and now the first black female vice president. Uh, it it can be overwhelming when you think of it. And um, it's funny, um, I was watching a clip of a commentator, Essie Cup. She's a Republican. Um, she's on CNN a lot. I, like, I, I actually like her a lot. And she was watching, she voted for Biden. She's a Republican, voted for Biden. 
she told a story. She has a five-year-old son. She doesn't talk politics with him, <laughs> she said, because obviously he's five years old. <laughs> but she was watching the speeches, and the five-year-old came in and said, Mommy, what's going on? And she said, oh, America has just picked them to run the country. And her son said, but she's a woman. <laughs> and, you know, she said, yeah. And then he said, Mommy, does that mean one day you can run the country? And so, you know, that's the historical significance of her being vice president, um, the first woman ever elected to the White House. Uh, that, that's an amazing thing. And I think it's so poetic that he will not get a second term and Obama got two. Because you know where I stand on him and Obama, I think his whole reason for doing everything was to erase what Obama did. And I think it's so great that he was kicked out of office in the most part in urban centers where black people voted and a black woman is gonna be in the White House now. It is, to me, that makes me very happy. When we were watching her last night at one point, because I was very emotional, surprise, <laughs> surprise. Um, and I felt Joe turn around and look at me, watch her. And that was a really special moment to me because my husband is my favorite human. <laughs> he doesn't care about this stuff the way I do. He pays attention to it because I do. He'll, I mean, he does, He rarely comes home and flips on <laughs> the news to see what's happening in the world unless <laughs> I'm here talking about something. Mm. But it was meaningful to him to see how I was reacting to it, and that is a moment that I will also hold on to. I do have, well, there's something that I want to talk about in terms of that, but really my burning question was after that, when we turned on Saturday Night Live, how did Saturday Night Live know what Kamala was going to wear? That was crazy. You have to, like, just... She did had... Did get to text Kamala Harris and be like, Hey, girl, I'm playing you tonight. What you wearing? I thought the exact same thing. She came out in the exact in the outfit. the suit and that, that cream... The Satin-y-looking shirt. I don't know how that happened. That was, yes. It was amazing to me. Yeah, I thought that when I saw it. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was, <laughs> she had me cracking up when she said, and your mother's drunk. <laughs> and she's going to. She's, sure she's going to laugh. Because <laughs> she's drunk. And then she's going to cry. Because she, she has it. Because she's drunk. Because she's drunk. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know. Now we have the next 70 days with a lame duck president who, in my view, wasn't doing anything the last 70 days before this. And although we can bask in the glory that he'll be gone, and he will be gone. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't pay any attention to the lawsuits. They're not throwing out people's votes. They're, they can do recounts, but recounts get you hundreds of votes, right. not tens of thousands. Not even a thousand. He's not going to win. There are no illegal people voting. If you believe that, I'm sorry to break your heart. There are no illegal people voting. The election is not going to be challenged. No one stole it. He lost. And to be honest, he lost the last election. He won by a total of 70,000 votes. He's the first president to ever lose the popular vote twice. So the majority of the country never wanted him. And that's something, if you're a supporter of his, you got to come to grips with that. He was not ever wanted by the majority of the country. And he'll be gone if they got to drag his ass out. So I'm not going to even get, I'm never going to discuss that with anybody because we, have, we are a nation of laws. And if he, don't, if he doesn't leave, he gets dragged out. Now, I would love to see that. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll, uh, I'll tune in. maybe I'll take the day off inauguration day <laughs> just in case they have to drag him out. Mm -hmm. But now I, I'm worried about the time between now and then. Mm -hmm. And the coronavirus is out of control right now. Mm -hmm. Like while we were all tuned in to the election, we are now at record highs in terms of cases. And he has not had any semblance 
nothing that resembles a, a plan. So I don't know what's going to happen in the next 70 days or whatever it is. So, Except that Joe and Kamala are appointing their task force tomorrow. Yeah, and I bet you that task force will have actual scientists mm -hmm. and doctors that they trust. And I don't know what they're going to do. Um, you know, this is what I mean by empathy. I, I'm gonna, Full disclosure, I'm an accountant for a restaurant company. If they close restaurants... I got to stay home. You can't, can't, there's no accounting to do when there's no sales. However, I also don't want to die. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Six in one hand. <laughs> no, I mean, so if they deem that they got to shut down again, then they just got to shut down again. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. I think, I ultimately think you can function in this society as long as you take the necessary precautions. Uh, so, but yeah, I'm worried about the next 70 days for sure. I just wonder how, I, I don't want to give him any headspace or airspace to wonder too much, but how much damage can you do in the next 70 days? Like, is he going to be uh, vindictive? I mean, how much damage? Is he going to throw his hands up? How much damage did he do Take his hands off the wheel? His hands were never on the wheel. So how much damage did he do between, let's say, April 1st and May 4th when the pandemic hit? Right. I mean... But even outside of that, like, are we just going to see a bunch of pardons and him kind of hiding out? Are we going to... Um, is he sort of inadvertently going to let... Joe and Kamala start doing anything because he's just, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I was watching the news and they were saying that Biden might meet with McConnell in a stimulus package. Like, I don't know how that all works. I'm not well-versed enough to say. Right. Um, if I were Trump, I would try to do some kind of good legislation before I left because right now he has nothing. Nothing. Um, if, you, if you had to find out what is his signature piece of legislation? What is it? We don't know. You know, you look back, if, if you look back, you know. And nothing signature about him is legislation. Nothing. You know. Appointees or things like that. You know, Obama, you got the Affordable Care Act. Um, Bush, you got, you know, you established the Homeland Security Office. There's, there's things that you can. He made animal cruelty a felony. Yeah. I mean, you, you who's that? that? Who, Bush? No. Trump. Trump. Did he really? Yeah. Does he know his son is out there? <laughs> well, that was the whole point when it came out. How that's going to be that that's going to be his signature legislation and animal cruelty. And there was something about um, what was the one about the prisons? Oh well, prison reform. Mm -hmm. mm, you know, if you pass that legislation, but then you pass a whole bunch of other stuff mm -hmm. that is contrary to that, what does it really mean? Right. Like if it, so. Exactly. If you but I, I, I an guess animal cruelty bill, but your kids are out big game hunting. What does it mean? So I guess that he can lean on that. Yeah, that that you know. Do you think that history is going to be kinder to him or he's harsher? gonna get killed in history? He's the worst president. Yell it. <laughs> I mean, I'm just the moderator. <laughs> he is. You're not just the moderator. <laughs> People, um, history's not gonna be kind to him at all in any history book across this world. He is the worst president we've ever had, period, full stop. He was the most, he was the most divisive. He had the, the, the worst rhetoric, and he didn't get anything done when he had the Congress at his fingertips the first two years. We still haven't seen the health plan that he said he was going to bring. No infrastructure. He, he, he was not a job creator. He is the worst president of our lifetime. Sorry, that's just a fact. You know, stock market doesn't determine how good the economy is doing. Because guess what? The dude who's working three jobs can't buy a stock. Right. Right. <laughs> I agree.
The Strongly Worded Podcast is brought to you by the good folks at the Flagler County Basketball Program. For high-quality, community-based youth basketball, you don't have to look any further than the Flagler County Hurricanes. Open to young people 8 through 18. Season starts November 7th. Sign up now at flaglerhurricanes.com. So, yeah, nah, history's not going to look kind. History's not going to be kind to us as Americans, period. Because how do we go from someone like President Obama to Donald Trump? How did Republicans go from John McCain, Mitt Romney, to Donald Trump? And that's the thing that, hey, I don't have to look into that. I have my, I have my views. That's not really for this podcast. But the people who voted for him, they got they got they got some soul searching to do whether they know it or not if you especially for me as you know there's some people who voted for him the first time and they're republican they're hoping for the best right but then you got 4 years of his actual record so you take away all the personality and the character stuff you got 4 years of his record how would you vote for him again and what would cracks me up is they were saying a lot of the places that voted for him had the highest COVID cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course they did. How do you vote for a man who's letting your fellow people die? I don't understand that. So you got to ask yourself. It, when I said earlier, none of it is based on rational thought. Well, that's, that's a scary thing. based on rational thought. That's a scary, scary thing then to me. Think of other horrible leaders in the world that rose to power. Think, you know, it wasn't based on rational thought. It was a frenzy and fear and Yeah, but the thing, this is my healthcare plan. The thing I will never understand is these people, like, I, I see through the BS. You can't tell me you voted for Trump because of economic anxiety when the economy was good to begin with. So you got to come up with a different reason. Because when President Obama left, the economy was in great shape. So you can't tell me economic anxiety is why you voted for Donald Trump. You can't tell me, oh, I needed an outsider. Because that doesn't track either. Because why, you know, why would you elect a man who never had office? Like, you got to do a deep dive into your own soul. And then you got to find out what's going on there. You know, so I don't know how the next four years are going to be. I hope that as a country we can bridge some of these gaps, but I'm not optimistic about that. Well, that's definitely where we are today is like this is uh, an election win, but it's not changing what the fundamental problems and issues are that still need to be fixed. Like this doesn't fix racism. This doesn't fix sexism. I mean, that's definitely more of a step in the appropriate direction. But, you know, first thing this morning, I'm arguing with somebody on Facebook who's now talking about how Kamala rose to power on her back. And I'm like, seriously, I'm seeing women criticize her for her smile being too big last night. I mean, I had an argument today with another black man. I guess a friend of mine posted that um, Kamala Harris didn't mention her father in the speech. Then I posted an article, I think they, and I don't know too much about the relationship, but it looks like they've been estranged Mm -hmm. since she was very young. So I'm like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not that gracious to mention uh, a man who hasn't been around and give him, you know, any props for where I've, you know, where I've gone. Her parents divorced in 1971. She was... Right, and then uh, apparently, the, you know, that, yeah. and then another guy, and you know, I, I don't mention race a lot. I try not to, but these are important. So <laughs> we mention race all the time. Do I really? I, we do. I try to mention it when it's appropriate to the stories, <laughs> and I guess a lot of the stories, you know. So another black man then said, "Oh, she's only black when she needs votes," and I said, "No, she's probably black all the time." But like, and I say, you know, I, I'm not going to respond anymore to this because I find it 
crazy that you can question a person's blackness who went to a historically black university and joined a black sorority. Was she not claiming her blackness then? Right. She wasn't getting votes then. So, yeah, I don't, you know, I think we have problems all over. And I think sometimes in the black community, we want black people to be monolithic. And like, I don't know, like, I don't measure anyone's blackness. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know, you know, they, they have those infrared thermometers now, but they don't have one. <laughs> they don't have one for how black you are. So, I mean, we're going to, we're going to have a lot of issues, but I always go back to what Hillary Clinton said. She said this a lot during her campaign. And I, you know, I wasn't a huge Hillary Clinton fan, but I hate Donald, I did not like Donald Trump. So, but she used to always say, I don't plan to change minds. I'm going to change laws. And so for me, I, I, I understand that. And I agree with her 2000%. You want to change police brutality? You're not going to change that woman's mind in the suburbs who thinks black people are treated equally and they shouldn't be protesting. You take away some of the protections for the police who do bad things. You change the laws. And then it won't happen as much because they don't feel like they can get away with it. And I hope that Biden is ready to take on that challenge because that's what we need. We're not going to change people's minds. I mean, we've been in this country now a long, long time, and um, it's not going to change. We're going to have racists. We're going to have sexists, and that's just what it's going to be. You know, sorry to sound so bleak, but that's just how it is. And like we talked about this election night, you know, Sue was just, you know, she didn't understand, you know, a lot of people don't understand. Like even I said, I don't understand why people vote for him. But at the same time, I've lived in this country a long time. So it was my, the people before me, we know what it is. This country has never been unified. It's always lacked empathy. That's the word I always use. We will never be the country we want to be because we lack empathy. People say, well, how could you say that? Well, how could you let slavery go on? If you empathize with a man who they weren't even allowing him to be learn how to read. This country wasn't founded on it. Like what my son said the other day. Right. You know, he said, I don't know, some, I, I always tell the kids, people are like, they tell you who they are, believe them. Mm -hmm. And he turned it right around. Yeah. He based it on me. This country is behaving exactly how it was founded to behave, Mom. Exactly. So the only way you do that is you change laws. And Trump was never going to do that because he didn't think there was a problem. I hope Joe Biden thinks there's a problem. I hope he learned lessons from the 1994 crime bill. Um, I hope they listen to the progressive wing of the party. I don't think they should move all the way left because, you know, that's not what the whole country wants. But you got to change some laws. And it got to happen quickly. Just for kicks, do you want to make a prediction on who Kamala's running mate's going to be in 2021? <laughs> so everyone says Joe's only doing one term. He, has he said that? No. Not that I know of. Oof. He's what, 78? Isn't he 70? Was he 70? Yeah, I think he's 77, right? Yeah. Um, she would have to go through a primary process, right? Which I don't even know if she would win. You don't think Kamala would win the primary? Did she win this year? But as the vice president? I don't know. I'm not willing to. I'm not willing. Did to she even, that. wait, did she even come close to winning? I think that a lot of that was orchestrated so early on, though. You got to. Because Joe Biden wasn't even on the radar when Joe Biden became the nominee for crying out loud. I don't know. Um, let's see, who would she pick? I don't think there's any way she doesn't get the nomination. I just, then we'll, so, I can't, listen, I'm joyous today. It's a <laughs> you asked the question, so. That's not, I, I, in my world, Kamala runs for president. Who's her running mate? Cory Booker. Ooh, I like it. I say Amy Klobuchar. Hmm. That's a good one. That's, we'll see. We'll, we'll, that's a good we'll one. We'll reconvene in four years. No, that's, that's a better political one. 
Um, she's she's a nice middle-aged <laughs> white woman. I mean, yeah, that's politically. I think that's better. I really, I feel like she's just been amazing, and even just in since in the last year and a half, in the last eighteen months. My question is, number one, in the coming years, I don't know the age requirements. When does AOC run for Senate? Because that's going to happen. Um, she's tied to Chuck Schumer. And when and, and when does she run for president? Because I think that's going to happen too. I just hope it happens in a timely manner, so that she'll get it. Because I don't think she could. You know, if she couldn't run in twenty twenty four and get it. I don't think. Like, do you think? Moving. So now we've moved past the election. But do you think America is going to elect a woman president? I think Man. America is going to elect a woman in 2024. And you think that woman's going to be Kamala Harris? I think that woman's going to be Kamala Harris. So you think America, our America, the yeah. same America who voted for Donald Trump, is then eight years later? That, that's only eight years now. Uh, well, it, it might be four years later. No, eight years. He because he won in 2016. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I know what you're saying. I was hearing a different So time. they voted for Trump, and eight years later, a black woman's going to be president. Let me read this. It says, you are such a hopeful person. It's one of the things <laughs> I love most about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. That's a message that Johnny that, sent to me on election night when I was so mopey. That's a lot of hope, though. <laughs> That is a lot of hope. Kamala Amy. <laughs> 2024. Oh, man. Kamala Amy. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. <laughs> a lot of teeth. <laughs> man. Uh, who's going to be the Republican nominee? Just for kicks. We'll see. We'll see if we're right when we're, when we're in our podcast studio presiding over our network in 2024. That would be nice. And what? Um, so I've heard, uh, you know, I got a good friend, one of my best friends down here is a Republican. He wants Tim Scott to run. Really? Yeah. He wants Tim Scott. I have no clue who the Republicans will run. I don't see anyone on the radar right now. Um, there's a lot of Democrats on the come up. I don't know. No, because they need someone young mm -hmm. and of color. You think so? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, those Republicans love a well, that's why Republican he, of color. Well, he wants Tim Scott. Um, I think, was he a senator of South Carolina or something like that? Um, he said he wishes Tim Scott were. But I think that's short-sighted. Like, black people just don't vote just because the dudes are black. Joe Biden. Joe Biden is an example of that. Yeah, yeah Cory Booker, yeah, Kamala Harris, mm -hmm. and Joe Biden won all the Southern states. That's not we're. I mean, I don't, I don't know how they don't understand that. Are you only voting for Donald Trump because he's white? Did you only vote for John McCain because he's white? No. That, I, I mean, I think that there are some people that only vote because not sixty million people. Well, not only. All right, you're right. Like I. I I love this image right now, though, that is uh, of Stacey Abrams. You know, you're reading how she she didn't throw up her hands and stomp away and go back to writing romance novels. She dug in after she lost and she ensured um, a fair election in her state. She held the door open for the for the next you know for the next person to come through. Uh, that, that, that's also a good VP. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's she. I never thought I'd live to see the day, Georgia. <laughs> Georgia go blue. That is, I think that's the most surprising thing of election of election night for me. I never thought they would win Texas at all. Um, it's interesting to see things coming closer. I said that after we elected, we had our governor, our gubernatorial election, what, two years ago? Mm. It's interesting to see that it even came close here in Florida. Yeah, I mean, Texas is, 
they it used to be blue but you got to work hard and, and that's a that's a very large state mm -hmm. super diverse um you got to work hard down there mm -hmm. and it's getting closer but i don't know if biden's gonna be <laughs> no i i really i really want to make it cool and exciting and important for our kids to vote we have kids in our group that turned 18 that we're like, which one's which? Like, listen, down here in Florida, your vote counts. Mm -hmm. It's close all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, being from New York, where you vote pretty much never counts in a presidential election, <laughs> that, that joint's going blue. Um, I mean, if there was even any way to get them interested in local elections, too, it would be amazing. Yeah, I, w I would hope that the thing that was learned, like you see so many of these uh, fake activists, all these, you know, all these people with their fake intelligence, you know, voting doesn't matter. You didn't learn that from this past election that it does? We're talking about, uh, what was it, a couple of days ago, he was up 9,900 votes in Georgia. Mm -hmm. I mean, every vote matters so much. And that, you know what? And so yeah, that's how we have to teach it. We have to instill that in our five-year-old kids that we're not really talking politics to yet, but you can still teach them the parts of it that they can understand at five. <laughs> My son, who I didn't even, I guess his civics class is doing a great job because he was all on this. Mm -hmm. When I went to vote, he, he texted me. He was like, you know, how's it going? I tell him the line is long. He said, make sure you vote for the right person. <laughs> Thank you, son. I'll do my best. I was like, yes, I'm going to vote for Donald. <laughs> I'm voting for Donald. No. All right. So you heard it here first. We're going to have a Kamala, <laughs> Klobuchar. Who did you say? Booker? Yeah. I might change Booker now because he doesn't do anything for her politically. Abrams? Yeah, that, that would probably get Georgia. <laughs> I just can't wait to see how it unfolds, who is appointed. I'm going to be just as excited to see Betsy DeVos leave as Donald Trump. Yeah, she's gone. Um, my man Bill Barr is out of here. Uh, let's see. Your man. Your <laughs> man, Bill Barr. <laughs> He's gone. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because I think they, they keep saying, they keep mentioning all these names. Oh, Elizabeth Warren is. And, yeah, but then what happens to the Senate? That, I mean, that's the follow-up to that. And there's that conversation already. Who's, who's replacing Kamala? Who's, I, who would, you know, I think Biden... Those are appointments? When, I don't know. I don't know. I think each... Doesn't each state have its like, own kind of law? I don't know. Somebody, a listener will have to let us know. Straight yeah, out. somebody smarter than us in the group. <laughs> read read <laughs> past, read past all, all the suggestions from my wife. Right. <laughs> Listen, in the group, we will, when we post this episode, definitely have some questions to extend to all of you, and we want to hear from you and your thoughts on, on what we've talked about, on what we just voted on. I, I hope, again, that we have listeners who have lots of different beliefs, and um, like I said yesterday in the gym when I had the privilege of announcing that the vote had been, the election had been called, um, if anything, can't we all come together and really be proud and excited of the fact that democracy works and that your vote matters and you know i'm just i'm hopeful for a lot of different reasons but for one that it didn't take marching in the streets and everything this week we could have this week off all we had to do was go to the ballot box and that was pretty awesome weight lifted so you can find us in a lot of different places we would love to talk to you in our facebook group the strongly worded podcast private facebook group you can search it you can find us but know that when we post and talk in that group it it cannot be seen publicly it stays in the group now you know use take that how you will mm -hmm. we have some interesting conversations um we are on instagram at the strong at strongly worded pod I haven't snapped. Have you snapped? No, I haven't snapped. I mean, we, I, I, I think, yeah, listen. We're there. Listen. When we hire an intern, they can do Come that for on. us. Come on. You're right. You're right. I'm getting on it. We're, he's gesturing to the three kids that live in my house. What's up? That are on social media all the time. That's brilliant, actually. You got, 
You got a TikTok expert in here. That's right. Uh, we are on Twitter. Strongly worded P. We're still there. Strongly worded P. All right. Thanks for uh, coming over today. Uh, yes. I was extremely excited to do this podcast because I am thrilled that Joe Biden won. I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. You know, you know it's no offense to any Trump supporters. I'm happy that guy's gone. It will allow me to breathe a little bit easier. Uh, and that's that. And I'm not going to lie. I love that we've got a woman in the White House. And I love that our first lady is a teacher. Oh, that's big. See, we didn't even talk. We, we didn't. didn't. We didn't even get to that. That is going to be big. We'll have to revisit mm -hmm. down the road. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Strongly. <laughs> the strongly worded podcast is written and produced by Johnny Hampton and Sue O'Leary.